We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the ninth day of January, the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? How was your weekend? Healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. Yeah, good weekend. Uh, just, you know, stuff around the house and all that with the plumbing and fun stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. I uh, I understand that you have a, uh, a date for the... Uh, uh, the is it the adjuster, the inspection, the the, the finishing of the job, yeah. the the compensation, the the check writer, all the rest of it, all the above, hopefully, yeah, all the above. Um, it, it'll be the adjuster coming in uh, to do the walkthrough and then uh, clearing the rest of payment for uh, or what more they'll they'll the insurance will pay for. Uh, so tomorrow, so I may be a little late from our normal recording time. But you as a listener probably won't know any different. No, they will. Uh, they'll get it right on time as they do every day. All right. Hey, good news. We have a new Speaker of the House, don't we? Yeah. Uh, the one that we knew was going to be the Speaker of the House is now the Speaker of the House. Yeah. Supposedly well, they made some knew. concessions. He knew he was going to be the Speaker of the House before he was the Speaker yeah. of the House. Yeah. That's what's interesting about all that. I think everybody knew that, though. Uh, everybody involved, they knew he was going to be the Speaker of the House. It was just a matter of um, what they were going to get out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. They had to do their little uh, their little horse trading or whatever it is you want to call it, their little yeah. backroom deals and all the rest yeah. of it. Uh, and so McCarthy and his, what, what do you want to call them? Entourage? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yes, you know, the yeah. people around him that actually tell him what to do and what to say because these politicians can't think or speak for themselves. So uh, they have aides out of the colleges that tell them how to think and how to talk. And then they have speechwriters that tell them what to say. So what are they even there for? Why are they even there? Why don't we have the buffoons that are behind them? Why don't we have them standing up there? So they would adjourn until six o'clock or until 10 o'clock or till the next day, long enough for them to have drinks and dinner and lunch and, you know, whatever, a bite to eat or, hey, uh, we're going to go to this club for the evening. Do you want to join us? You know, that kind of thing. And who's going to sit on what committees and who's going to get what uh, and who's going to be able to uh, to vote on this one or that one or who's going to get this bill put through in order to garner favor for Mr. McCarthy. Just get out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not talking about the speaker's role. I'm talking about Congress. Just get out. Get out. I, I'm sick of this rhino establishment GOP. I can't stand these people. I cannot stand them. Bruce and I were having this discussion in prep. Why? Why are we like, I, I don't even want to talk about the other side of the aisle here for the moment. I'm talking about on the Republican side of the aisle. If you're a so-called Freedom Caucus member, like, a you know, this this Lauren Boebert or Matt Gates, the car salesman, the used car salesman, I do, I do not like him. I don't like him. Or Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's overtaking selfies with the guy after he gets elected speaker. Hold on a minute. 
Hold on a minute. I thought that she was against him. Why are we discussing anything with these establishment Republicans? The only thing I'm interested in as uh, as a registered voter, I mean, hell, forget a registered voter. If I was up there on the Hill and I were one of these uh, outsider Republican Party uh, members, I'd be saying, I don't have anything to say to you. I have nothing to say to you. There's no deal here to be made. None. But therein lies the problem, because you've got cocaine Mitch on the other side, and you've got Kevin McCarthy, his counterpart now on this side of the House, saying, well, if you don't get with the program, then you're out of here. You're not going to sit on any committees, which the committees have all the power. You brought that up last week. You're not going to sit on this committee. You're not going to sit on that committee. You're not going to sit on any committee. You're not going to get any campaign funding. The National Party's not going to reach down and help you out. You're not going to get any legislation through for your district, and you're one and done. So enjoy your time here, and that's going to be the end of it. That's what gets told to you if you don't toe the line. If you're a freshman congressman, that's what gets told to you. Madison Cawthorn didn't toe the line, did he? No. Now, he spoke a little bit too much of what was going on there. He's not there anymore, is he? He was one and done. So, Kevin McCarthy, they've made the concessions. Would you like to go down through the list of concessions that they made? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, number one. Members of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus got commitments to be added to the rules panel. The committee exerts tremendous power by setting the terms of debate, but usually operates as a tool of the speaker. It traditionally has a nine to four ratio, so the majority never loses. I mean, we at least have someone there now, or supposedly we'll have someone there now to at least report on what's going on. They won't be able to do things quietly behind the scenes anymore. So there's at least that. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, Jim Jordan got a uh, got a committee uh, appointment out of this. He's not only going to sit on the House Judiciary Committee, he's already in that, but he's also going to be the head of the, um, what was it? The the, the Weaponization of Government uh, Committee. They're, they're yeah. going to form one of those committees. So he's going to be at the head of that. I, I don't know. I mean, even if it's nothing, we can talk about that here in a minute because we want to talk about the FBI. <laughs> so we're going to talk yeah. about that here in a second. Number two, McCarthy had already agreed to a five vote requirement to make a motion, which sets up essentially a vote of no confidence in the speaker and agreed to lower it to a single lawmaker. So now a single member can stand up and uh, enforce a vote of no confidence. This one actually, yeah, I'm sure it's well intended and whatnot, but at the same time, it's not because now Democrats have a tool to use against if if something, for example, they start passing uh, actual good legislation that would, uh, I don't know, for example, term limits. Oh, we can't have that. One of the things they, yeah, Democrats just ah, vote of no confidence. And then that basically bogs down the entire system. As intended. Number three, McCarthy had agreed to take a hard line on increasing the statutory debt limit, which Congress must lift to accommodate spending. Uh, It is agreed to through appropriations. Oh, no, we got to keep raising that debt limit, don't we? We got to keep doing that. No, we can't stop spending. No, of course not. The government will shut down. What will we do? Uh, Send your sorry asses home where you belong. That's a good thing to do, I think. I mean, you're not even supposed to be there. Unless you're voting on something, you're supposed to be in your districts, parked there, working a nine to five. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to have five or six houses. You're not supposed to have an extra residence in D.C. You're supposed to be there, vote on something and leave. That's what you're supposed to do because you have to be back to work. 
Yeah, no insider. Sh- yeah, all the rest of that stuff. The holdouts reported number four. The holdouts reportedly got a pledge to get floor votes on term limits and border security. This is what you talked about. The former, in particular, could drive a wedge through the conference. Uh, McCarthy himself was elected to House in two thousand six. Yeah, your term's up. See ya. Goodbye. I mean, it'll be voted on. Sure. Uh, let's say anywhere. it makes it past the House. It's not going to make it in the Senate. The Senate's going to shoot no. it down. The average the average age of a senator is what seventy four. They're not going to get term limits on themselves. My God, all of them would have to leave. They if if there's anything like if they get it passed, what there'll be stipulation in there that current company is excluded from it. So yes. the the yeah, current right. politicians will be allowed to run as die many times office. as they want, die yeah, in office, die in office <laughs> if they wish. Yeah, uh, and then the the coming generations will be restricted to whatever if they pass anything just so you know mitch mcconnell is now the longest serving member of the u.s senate i believe he's he's reached that limit he's uh he's or no not the longest serving here or he's the oldest or, or something I, i'm not sure because some of these members have died in office uh robert bird i believe died senator robert bird i believe he died in office and he was he was in. Uh, I remember my grandmother telling me that that he was going into Congress when she was in high school, and he just died. What, like ten years ago, something like that. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it'd be thirteen years ago now. Thirteen years ago, yeah. So I was about right. So yeah, but anyway, Mitch McConnell. Uh, he is. He's now the uh, the longest uh, member, or long m- longest minority leader, something. I don't know, but he's he's the longest of something. I don't. I don't know. Some longest of something in the Senate. Anyway, where were we? We're on number five. The Conservative Leadership Fund. Uh, a pack backed by McCarthy brokered a deal with the club for gr- uh, with the club for growth that will impact Republicans that join the House in the future. The Conservative Leadership Fund committed to stay out of open primaries when a lawmaker vacates a seat. Uh, this gives arch conservatives a chance to prevail in the primary without getting pounded by leadership, which sometimes weighs in on behalf of the candidates deemed more electable. I'm assuming this has to do with whether or not they're going to jerk funding from the uh, the ones like they like they screwed over Herschel Walker yeah. in the Senate and down they, in Georgia. They also and many others. They also. Yeah. Alaska was another one that yeah. was screwed over as well. It, it was two remember, Republicans against each other. And, yeah, but I remember yeah. Mitch. I remember Mitch just a couple yeah. weeks ago saying, "Well, we had more favorable candidates. Uh, they were they were more in line with our principles and and not this um, radical ideology that they're all subscribed to." Whatever he said, I, whatever. I, yeah. I really don't even care. Yeah. Get out. If you want to have an idea of the the kind of politicians that they are, that they uh, look at the Crenshaw. Oh God, he's running around that. apologizing now. Did you, did you know that? No, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, yeah. What what was it? He, he called everybody that didn't agree with the uh, the mainline Republican terrorist. line. You're a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. That's especially rich coming from him. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but what the thing is, um, what a disappointment he's turned out to be. It is, but at the same time, this was already known. Uh, he's a known quantity to be corrupt like this because apparently uh, he had run for like a local office or something like that. And the area that he was from, the people were saying, he's a bad candidate. He is not good. And people were calling him out. And there's video that had surfaced that only surfaced after he had been elected, but that made its rounds. And he was basically in a public setting, completely going against everything that he was saying on like television and whatnot. Um, So you mean a politician was going against everything that they'd previously said? I don't believe it. Yeah. 
Crazy, right? It is crazy. Yeah. Number six, McCarthy reportedly agreed to allow open rules on spending measures, which could lead to lengthy debates and efforts to zero out funding for programs unpopular with Republicans. Plus, we don't have more pork. This is something that I'm I'm completely baffled by. Why? Why Republicans bought the lie? There's some Republicans that bought the lie that these uh, uh, congressmen were just basically showboating. That's all they were doing. It may end up being that that's all it was because these these uh, concessions that were made. It, this is just his word. There is no contractual contractual agreement. There's no paper signed. There's nothing that says he has to do this. This is only him saying, "Yeah, we'll do it." Um, uh, so it it may end up being nothing, but so far, pretty good. Uh, the concessions made, uh, but I, time will only tell if he adheres to those concessions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Number seven, uh, another concession is a cap on discretionary spending, uh, which was according to CNN. Although spending levels are usually negotiated by both chambers and get influenced by the president's budget request. So uh, I uh, really we're, we're going to put a, we're going to put a cap on discretionary spending. These people haven't put together a budget in well, I don't think what since the Clinton era. Since uh, we had some during uh, Bush, but it's been for sure since the end of Bush, beginning of Obama, that we uh, have not had. No, 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 because we're in modern monetary theory, so we don't need budgets anymore. Uh, number eight and final: Republicans are gearing to take on the Biden administration, and the conservatives forced a commitment to step up a committee on the weaponization of the DOJ, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. The idea had been floated as a subcommittee on the House Judiciary Committee, of which Jim Jordan is on. Its exact structure and membership were uncertain. However, it was announced this morning that Jim Jordan will chair that committee. So let's talk about the FBI, shall we? Because everybody knows they're a stand-up American organization that believe in the Constitution and principles of... Yes? Uh, Before we do, I I want to pose the question uh, to the listener. Why is it okay for the Democrats to push any agenda that they want and... It did, they didn't have to make any concessions, none of that. You you didn't see any of that going on. But whereas Republicans, when they try to make concessions that are beneficial to the average American, uh, because, you know, being able to look over a bill within 72 hours before it's voted upon and require it to be debated on the floor, um, that's good for us because now we get to see what's in the bill and we get to talk to our congressmen and be like, no, uh, we're not for this. So it brings power back to us a little bit. Why is it that when we stood up to, the, we wanted those changes, we're now terrorists? Why, 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 why is that? That we want to go less extreme, more extreme to the right, but less extreme than what the Democrats are on a day to day. Why is an that such a bad thing? I have an answer for you. Would you like to know? Yeah. So let the listener make the, make their choice now. And then let's, let's hear yours. Okay. My answer is the following. You think we have two parties in America and we do not. Ah, yes. That is a, that that's, and we do actually, we do have two parties. We we have us and Democrats and Republicans on one side (laughs) and then the rest of us. Right. You got it. Okay. The FBI, right? Let's get into the FBI. Bruce, did you know that there is a $100,000 reward up on the FBI's website for information leading to the arrest of the DC pipe bomber? thought it was actually a quarter but uh is it maybe, a quarter million yeah you know, is it is i it thought it was a little higher because i thought they i thought they okay. raised it just recently okay. all right could I, be. I could be wrong i could be misremembering but i i know it's in that vicinity 
If you have information that could lead to the arrest of a suspect involved in the DC pipe bombing outside of the RNC, they will pay you handsomely. Now, I was asking in in prep if um, if I made the call to uh, give my uh, two cents on on where it came from. If it led to the arrest, I mean, could I could I tell the FBI that you should look in they your own house on first? your door? Yes, <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually, now that I think about it, I may be misremembering the scaffold commander or scaffolding Sca- commander. I don't scaffolding know. Whatever, whatever. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. The January he, 6th thing. Yeah. January 6th. Yeah. That uh, may be the, the 250,000 I'm thinking of maybe for him. So there's the scaffolding commander was a guy that was, that climbed up onto the scaffolding before, uh, the, uh, the rest of the people got there. The protesters got there. Once they got there, well, I should also mention before he climbed on the scaffolding and before the people got there, he was cutting barriers and uh, like cutting fences and moving barriers, opening it up to the Capitol. And then he climbed on the scaffolding and waited with the bullhorn for the rest of the people to get there. The people got there and then he was giving a crowd. He was giving the crowd orders like move forward. Right. Uh, please move forward. We need you to move forward. He made it sound like it was he was like a emergency worker or something like that, telling people to move out of the way for emergency vehicles. That's kind of the feeling that you would get listening to it. It wasn't like we need to move into the Capitol like Ray Epps or anything. It was a little bit more. And then uh, he whispered into, the wording. He whispered into somebody's ear, and then three seconds later, they literally broke through the barricades and went into the Capitol. That that one, and then Ray Which, Epps ran that guy in the opposite direction. That that was also an informant, by the way. Uh, you don't say. To. You don't yeah, say. Go figure. And it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as if they they were on the inside of the Capitol where the doors were sealed. It, it wasn't as though there were people inside there that were looking up at the security camera, pointing at the door, and then the door magically opens, and they were throwing police officers out of the way. It, it's not as if that happened, did it? Well, of course it did. They just yeah, yeah. didn't release that footage to anybody yeah. because it blows a hole in the whole narrative. That's why. Yeah. Uh, and this, um, this scaffolding commander, there has been uh, facial recognition technology has been used on him. They've They've tried everything that could be done from the public side of things and they can't find this guy they can't figure him out which tells so you it's what one of two things either he's removed from the system which means he's intelligence or he That's was wearing a prosthetic I'm, yeah i'm, I'm uh, leaning towards the first one yeah same that said uh the bomber that we were talking about there uh earlier the video that was released uh by the fbi uh keep that in mind fbi uh, they show the bomber walking up to the bench to place the bomb in front of the DNC building, right? With which is 10 timer. meters, which is 10 meters from the entryway where there is a station guard. Okay. Now they go to place the bomb and the camera switches. So you can't actually see them plant the bomb. Now here's an interesting thing that happens in this video before they plant the bomb. They make a cell phone call. Now with geofencing the way it is now, and how they can, that the geolocation program that the law enforcement use. This is a slam dunk case because this was at like eight or nine o'clock at night. So it was dark out. There was nobody around him and they make a phone call. This is a slam dunk. They know exactly they who, who this guy is. They know who it was. And yet they're going to pay you $100,000 to tell them who this guy is. Uh, Bruce, you left out the, the most important part, the 20-minute the egg timer on a 12-hour detonation device. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it just so happened that the woman that found the bomb, she did not find the DNC one. 
The DNC one was underneath a bench out in the open, right? A park bench. Um, no, the one that she found. Oh, I should also add the vice president went to the DNC building an hour and a half before the, the votes were counted. Right. That is, in other words, it was it was unscheduled. It was, you know, she just showed up there at the DNC. Secret Service had to search the area before she was, you know, uh, to, to clear it. Bomb sniffing dogs were also in the area uh, and, and scoured the premises. And uh, they didn't find a bomb. Uh, they didn't see a bomb sitting there underneath the park bench, 10 meters from the front door. The guard did not see it. The dogs did not smell the explosives on the bomb. But a woman uh, that was in the alleyway of the RNC building found the bomb that triggered the search and you know law enforcement to leave the Capitol to the, the RNC and DNC. Um, she found the bomb with the egg timer dial 20 minutes before, and it was like, it was like, what, like 1140 when she found it or, or it was 20 minutes before the vote was to be cast. It, it just the perfect timing to get law enforcement over there. And a minute after law enforcement left, uh, the Capitol building and went to, uh, the DNC and RNC to handle the bombs and look for more a minute after that, you had Ray Epps and scaffold commander start doing their shenanigans. It's almost like it was diversion, almost. Also of note, this woman that found the bomb at the RNC building happened to be an employee of the DNC at the time. And she claims she is a environmentalist and she's seen something askew, amiss, down an alleyway and wanted to uh, throw away the trash or recycle or whatever. And that's how she found the bomb. All of this sounds all too coincidental, doesn't it? All of it. Yeah. For everything that I just talked about to, to happen in that, to, order. in that order is it's like impossible without it being stage planned. Exactly. Um, it's, I, I feel like yeah. I feel like what you're describing is is a well choreographed. How do I put this? It's I think the word you're looking for is operation. A, yes, that's the word I'm looking for. It's not a it's not a stage performance. It's an operation. That's what it is. It's an intelligence operation. This entire thing is an intelligence operation. All of this is this is ridiculous. And from I, day one, the intelligence agency was against Trump. So, yeah, well, you heard Schumer. Suspect. You heard Schumer. He said, you take on the intelligence community, they got six ways of Sunday getting back at you. Those are his exact words, if I'm not mistaken. I just so happen to have that clip right here, just for reference, Senator Chuck Schumer. The latest statement, latest tweet, as you were just saying, President-elect's latest, latest yeah. unsolicited pronouncement on the intelligence community. This was his tweet just a little while ago tonight. You see the scare quotes there. The yeah. intelligence briefing yeah. on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. We're actually told, intelligence sources tell NBC News since this tweet has been posted, that actually this intelligence briefing for the president-elect was always planned for Friday. It hasn't been delayed. Look. But he's, he's taking these shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were most I don't know, to? but I, from what I'm told, they are very upset with how he has treated them. And They're very upset from what he's told, from how he's treated them. Hmm. That sounds a little suspicious, don't it? Doesn't it? That clip right there, that didn't age well, did it? Mm, no. no. Especially with how much the intelligence agency was involved in dethroning Trump 
and how much that apparatus was using things like social media to silence and stifle any kind of, you know, contradicting thoughts or or messaging. Let's not forget Bolsonaro in Brazil. The head of the CIA went down there to meet with Bolsonaro personally and said, listen, don't worry about anything with these voting machines. Everything's going to be just fine. Now I'm definitely paying attention. Mm. Everything was just fine. It went yes, as, as expected. Planned. Yeah. We can talk about Brazil. Uh, we are paying attention to what's going on down there, but uh, we're going to give it another day or so to let all the all the air clear, if you will, because right now there's so much going on that um, it's hard to disseminate what's actually fact and what's actually fiction. Yeah. Anyway, well, as everything is going as expected, you know what's coming up, right? You know, the, the very important meeting that is about to take place just a few hours south of me. It's very important. It happens every year. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very important. Very important. Yes, it's very important. As a matter of fact, this year, one of the keynote speakers is going to be the uh, the vice premier. Uh, you see, he because he, he's the vice premier, he's he's going to be one of the keynote speakers. I can't think of just a, a better person. He's the executive chairman. Or excuse me. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's the he's the vice premier of whatever. I don't know of the Chinese Communist Party. I'm sure it's just, I'm sure it's just a coincidence that he's going to be one of the keynote speakers down there. And I, I I'm sure that he is a cordial guest of the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. I'm sure that he's going to be an, an honored guest there. I, of course, I don't know if he's actually going to be there in person. But mm. this year, they're going to focus on some very important things. They're going to focus on banking. They're going to focus on mm -hmm. finance. They're going to focus on cryptocurrencies because of that horrible disaster, and that, yeah. that tragic event of the FTX. Yeah. Of course, they don't know anything about FTX. They, they've never heard of it, mm. you see. True. Um, they're also going to focus on climate. I know that's a big one. That is a big one. We got a lot of people dropping dead of climate change. You you wouldn't believe how many people are dropping dead of climate change, especially that incident with Demar Hamlet. Clearly, that was climate change. They're yeah. also going to focus on pressing issues like racism. They're going to focus on artificial intelligence, workplace robotics, big doings in the tech sector and in the food sector. We're going to talk about that, too. They're going to focus on global governance. You know what? We're going to need that. We are going to need that. The World Health Organization is set to pass their... Um, what was it? Their their uh, was it like their pandemic treaty or or something like that or whatever pandemic accord I think is what it was what it was called or or something of that nature whatever it's basically it's going to override everything that your national governments say and all the decisions are now going to be made at the United Nations level and you notice that they're pushing on all fronts I'm talking about Fauci and company all the mainstream media companies everything else and, and the tech companies they're all pushing on all fronts the same narrative about misinformation disinformation and conspiracy theories because one of the big drivers of this pandemic accord that is going to be ratified. It's actually, it's not even going to be ratified. Our Senate's not even going to ratify that. They're just going to pass it and say, screw you. That's what they're going to do. It's up for uh, passage, I think, in three weeks. I think that's when it starts. And it's going to take like a couple of weeks to get it through. But they're all saying that it's going to be centered around that. As in, if you don't agree to this, you're shut down. You're not pass and go. You're not collecting $200. You're shut down. They're also going to focus on cybercrime. Yeah, I, again, you know, these are pressing issues that they have to oversee. I mean, I, I don't see any issues at all, other than the fact that all these people that are going to be attended, they're all unelected. I mean, I, I see a little bit of a problem with that. I, I don't remember seeing Klaus Schwab, you know, that, that mope. I don't remember seeing his name on a ballot anywhere. Did you? I don't mm, recall no. that. 
No. Jeff Bezos, I I don't remember seeing him his name on a ballot. Uh, the Chinese mm-hmm. vice premier of the Chinese Communist Party, I don't remember seeing his name on a ballot anywhere mm-hmm. here in the West. I don't even know if his name was on a ballot in China. I think those that's an appointed position in China, I think. Uh, I could be mistaken, but I don't recall seeing that person's name on a ballot. Bill Gates, uh, who I'm sure will be there, I don't remember seeing his name on a ballot anywhere. Yuval Noah Harari, who is Klaus Schwab's uh, advisor, I don't remember seeing his name. Are you seeing a pattern here? I don't. I don't remember seeing any of these people on people's name on a ballot that we actually voted for. John Kerry will also be attending this year because he's going to be one of the key people speaking about climate. So, Bruce, would you like to hear the headline of this year's meeting? Yeah, let's hear it. This year's meeting is headlined the following: Cooperation in a Fragmented World, and it will follow on from the Great Reset, which was declared in 2021. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. I, I kind of all the stuff you listed there that the uh, chairman is uh, vice chairman is so concerned about. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, and that Klaus. is and supposedly Klaus. Klaus is concerned too. At, well, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Real quick, the vice chair uh, vice chairman technically is an elected position. Technically, okay, okay. it would right. it would be the equivalent of our Congress voting for. Uh, someone. So the old way we used to do it for the reps voting for the Senate, the old way was our representatives would vote for the senators uh-huh. uh, of the state. Uh, the, so in that sense, it is technically an elected position, but that uh-huh. we're talking about CCP. None of those positions are elected. All yeah. those positions are selected. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, you're, you're right. Of all the all the things that were brought forward there, uh, you know, climate change, racism, all the, you know, finance, all of that. Finance, I think China's going to be interested in, sure, because China's the model. China's uh, the example where to follow. So finances are important. Yeah. Well, not just Schwab. There's a lot of of economists and and corporate, uh, you know, talking heads. They have all said that. China's the example. China's the model. Uh, It's just because they want slave labor. That's like, you know, I... Exactly. And that's... We could make that argument. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now, but we could make that argument. This is a different conversation for a different day, but... I know we always sit up here and we say free market, free market, free market, free market, and we are free market guys, make no mistake, but we have a little bit of a problem with this free market idea. Uh, We need to do some, I guess, some reining in because free market has led us to China where the corporations have done this and sold us out. I would say that's not free market. I would say that was government and free market or corporate um, working together. So in other words, that was fascism. They used uh, our free market case, principles against us, is my point. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, in, in, in that case, see, what the argument that's going on right now, China is more of like a national socialist. They're more of like a fascist in the classic sense. Yeah, try and, criticizing China. As in like national, while you're there, try criticizing China and see what happens yeah, to you. Yeah, see what happens. Uh, and then on the uh, conversely, uh, you have the Klaus Schwab type who are also fascist, but they're not national, they're global. Uh, and again, you, you try to talk against any of their agendas in the West and see what happens to you. You'll lose your job, you'll, you'll, you'll basically become a pariah. But all that to say, I don't think China is too concerned about racism. I don't think they're too concerned about climate change. I don't think they're concerned about those things at all. The only reason they take interest is because they've been placating us in the West with those topics. That's the only reason they have an interest in it. As a matter of fact, they're the ones that actually introduced it to us, as in the talking points to that. Because if you can get 
a civilization that's your enemy, your mortal enemy, if you can get them chasing their own tail long enough, then eventually insanity will tear the whole thing apart from the inside out without firing a shot. That's why they introduced it to us. All of this agenda, and, and make no mistake, the Russians are just as bad. I'm not talking about the Russian people. I'm talking about the Russian government or what you would consider to be the Russian government. I'm talking about that. The Russians are actually, their hierarchy, they actually, as, as far as our research has taken us, they're involved in another aspect of this. And it's not what China's doing. China's involved in, in the financial side of things. Russia's not. Russia's involved in something else. They're involved in compromising people at the executive level. I'll just leave it at that. So, to continue on with the agenda here, uh, they're going to focus on global rules to crack down on cybercrime. Global rules. You see this? It, see, it's going to encompass everybody. You got to be equitable, right? You got to be equitable. They published a white paper with the title Global Rules to Crack Down on Cybercrime, and they're going to be looking at how criminals use the online world to fleece innocents of their money. Y you mean like you people do? That's the height of hypocrisy right there. These people sit down there on their fat asses in their Hugo Boss and Gucci suits all day, every day, shuttling themselves around the world to destinations unknown on their private jets, living off stolen taxpayer money. And they lecture us all day, every single day about this crisis, that crisis, the next crisis, the coming crisis that they themselves are engineering. And they're telling you how you're going to pay more for a whole hell of a lot less. And you're going to create global rules to crack down on cybercrime that looks in on how criminals use the online world to fleece innocence of their money? Shouldn't you bastards be looking at yourselves first? Just a little bit hypocritical. Just a little. Well, no. See, the, the, the whole reason they're looking into it is they're looking at how they can better facilitate ripping off the average person online. <laughs> yes. That, that's, yes, that's really right. what's going they're on. They're going to shut down yeah. their competition is what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They also say that they're going to focus on a, um, a major structural change to the internet. I'm assuming that would encompass people like us. <laughs> That's the only thing I can surmise from that. You've got to silence those voices. Yeah. Yeah. Any, yeah. any dissent. They say that uh, it is just one simple solution of points that they are adding, that we urgently need the international rules uh, that are enforced as well as a more expansive approach that fosters cyber resilience. Who mm. writes this garbage? There's those words. What, uh, who writes this stuff? What kind of think tank crackpots do you have writing this crap? Uh, maybe maybe it's that, uh, remember that fat guy? Was it Kinzinger? Whatever his name, what was his name? The the fat guy from the 60s that was at the think tank. Maybe it's oh, those Herman kind Kahn. that are writing. Herman Kahn. Herman Kahn, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Tony Weiner, his assistant, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. They also say that they need to look at inherent racism that they see in healthcare. Mm. Because we have racism you know, in healthcare, apparently. I've I've no, I've not yeah, heard that one yet. I'm I'm curious. They're going to have to, as we said, they gotta they gotta stifle and silence any kind of dissent. Uh, I'm curious. Are are they, are they planning to enact some kind of uh, ID system or something like that, similar to what uh, Louisiana just did for their pornography? Yeah, I'm assuming um, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna start with. The, I, I'm assuming they'll do this. They'll make it state first. As in, they'll phase it in over time. So they'll say, well, uh, we're not issuing the driver's license cards anymore. Now we're doing it uh, on a digital thing. You can opt into that. But yeah. after, I don't know, 2030, it's going to be mandatory after that. So you can take the card yeah. 
now and you'll have to pay for it. But if you take the digital one, that's not going to cost anything, but it'll be mandatory after such and such date. That's my guess is how they're going to do it. And then they'll make it, they'll, they'll merge that with a, with a federal one. And then an international one is in like your passport and stuff that they'll try. I, I'm assuming they'll try it that way. Yeah. And I, I think how they I think they're going to do it like they're doing uh, the, the porn thing. So in Louisiana, you you require showing an ID now to access porn, or at least that's what's in in talks right now. Yeah. yeah. Now on the surface, um, that that's a good idea because you 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 want to keep kids away from porn, right? That's a, that's a good idea. This is where I have a bit of a problem with it as well because it's a slippery slope. I agree. We we need to find ways to keep kids off of it, but enacting a ID policy is not the way to go because. Then that opens the door for ID for anything and everything on the web. And frankly, I'm against that. There doesn't need to be any kind of ID involved on there, in my opinion. But I'm just a crazy, uh, uh, what is it, terrorist, according to... Uh, yes. You're, well, according to the World Health uh, Organization, you are, you're worse than a global terrorist now, just because of the COVID thing alone, not to mention all this other stuff. So... Let's get into the uh, the workplace. What are they going to do? There's a new paper that they've put together that says that they're going to use online bots that can take many of the jobs humans undertake in the workplace while working alongside them. I see they're just there to, to help you. They're actually, you're training them to replace you is what you're doing. They say that they'll be doing the following. They will set out, and everyone, you see, everyone's going to be happier by doing this. They say that in the paper. Everyone's going to be happier when this is done, right? So you're going to be, you're going to be happy working with the robots, you see. So it's not, it's not going to be that they're going to fire you. You see, you're going to be happy working with them. You see that? You see how that works? They say that digital workers are intelligent software bots that automate everyday business processes like data entry, invoicing, or system queries. So see, you don't need that anymore, right? You don't need to sit there and waste your time with that anymore. They will take over many of the repetitive and mundane tasks, creating new opportunities for businesses and workers. See, it's going to create opportunities. It's not going to put you out of a job. It's going to create new businesses and new jobs and new opportunities for you. That's what it's going to do. People aren't just more productive when they work with digital workers. They're also happier. So see, you're not just more productive. You see, you're happy. You're happy. You're going to be more happy working with that digital person than you are with anything else. You don't need to worry about collaborating with another actual person anymore and brainstorming and, and coming up with new ideas. You don't need to waste your time with that anymore because you're going to be happier working with one of their bots. Bruce, isn't that great? <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this one because if the West wants to keep their lifestyle of, of uh, consumption and luxury... No. No, 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 no. I'll stop uh, you there. I'll stop you there. You can't. You can't. You're not going to have a lifestyle. A, a lifestyle. You're not going to have. Yeah, it's going to be a stale life is what it's going to be. It's going to be stale. Yeah. You're not going to have a lifestyle of consumption and luxury because the age of abundance, according to the French president, Emmanuel Macron, who is a young global leader who will be at the conference this year, says the age of abundance is over. The age of consumption is over. And then Klaus himself says in his book, and we've, we're told over and over and over again, repeatedly, like we're five years old, that we're going to own nothing and we're going to be happy about it. So you see, there's no luxury lifestyle to be had here. You're not going to have to worry about consumption because you're not going to own anything. You're not going to have to worry about your lifestyle because everything's going to be provided for you in your 15-minute city. Right. So in other words, they want you to live in squalor and, uh, you know, servitude, basically. So, yeah, if they want to keep up the illusion, though, 
if they're if they're going to keep the illusion of of living in a prosperous lifestyle because you're going to have to keep that illusion up as long as you can people aren't going to be for this insanity you're going to have to have robots at least in the short term uh because have you have you uh here in the i don't i don't know what it's like there in europe i know here in the states almost every fast food real ta- uh, retail hell just even your nicer restaurants even they're understaffed pretty much any location really i'm trying to think of places that aren't understaffed really actually, and pretty much everything is understaffed right now yeah you you actually you walk into a mcdonald's here i think in in most places i i mean i i went into one i want to say it was like four or five years ago and the only reason i went there is because it was around the corner from my hotel and it was literally the only thing that was the only thing that was there and I got the most harmless thing I could think of. I got like an apple pie or something, which was terrible, but I was starving. It was midnight. And there was nothing else. So I went in there. There was no one there with the exception of, I'm not talking about customers. I'm talking about employees with the exception of the young lady that was behind the counter to hand the bag across. That was it. You walked up to a, a giant touch screen because there's no one there to take your order. And I just, you know, you touch on the, there's like all these flags up there. So you touch the flag of the country you're from, and then the whole menu pops up in your language. And then you just order what you want. You know, you just touch on whatever you want. And it's got the thing there where you can either put your credit card in, your debit card, or you can pay cash. And then they give you a number, wait for your number, and then the lady hands you your, your bag and you're out the door. So yeah, they're understaffed. And more to the point, today, the McDonald's CEO announced that they're going to be cutting how many? How many did they say they're going to cut? Uh, they're going to lay off. Uh, well, they didn't give a number uh, exactly, but they say they're going to start laying off corporate staff. That's not good. When you've got a company, or excuse me, this, I mean, McDonald's is not a company. McDonald's is an entity. Like it's it's got international reach beyond like most other companies. I mean, they have and they have restaurants in, in Russia. Yeah. Well, they did. They don't anymore because, you know, Putin. And they, 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 they still do. Because uh, they changed the name. But yeah, they changed the name. They changed the name. Yeah. They changed the name. But they're laying off corporate people. If McDonald's, if the CEO of McDonald's is publicly saying today that we're going to be laying off corporate staff, that's a signal that something is really wrong. Companies like that, when you got Fortune 30 companies like that, and they come out and they say we're going to lay off corporate, that's not supposed to happen. They're supposed to lay off all the people underneath of them. And then the corporate people are supposed to get the bonuses because they fired all the people underneath of them. That's how it works with these companies. If they're laying off corporate, then there's some real problems there. Or maybe this is the maybe they're transitioning into the new system. Could be uh, first. Like there, there's some of like the beta testing of this. If they're going to start having uh, machines in most of the places, flipping the patties, you know, cooking the fries up and all that. If if they're going to start doing that, you're not going to need corporate as much. You're, you're not going to need because they're not going to be able to fire the people under them to get the bonuses because there is no people under them. It's just machines. You're only going to have like maybe one, maybe two people uh, at a fast food joint where you usually have like five or six because it's they're just going to be monitoring, make sure that uh, the machines have enough you know ingredients that they have access to and the machines will do everything. You'll, you'll go to a kiosk and you might have a human hand you the food. Maybe. Uh, what more than likely will happen is it'll be an entire system that a machine does it. And the only person that's there is really a technician that's making sure everything's, 
you know, yeah. running. I, I did see I did see a video not long ago, and when I say not long ago, I mean a few weeks of a, a McDonald's that was a test in in England. I don't know exactly where, but it was literally you walk in and there's a wall, like there's nothing. There, there's a wall and there's you know the touchscreens on the wall, and then there's like a little door next to the touchscreen. So you just stand there and you wait, and your food comes out, and that's it. Now I was told about 15 years ago. 15 years ago, think about this. Imagine what they can do now. If this was the case 15 years ago, the entire process of fast food, the entire process could already be automated 15 years ago. It would have been extremely expensive, but it could have been done 15 years ago. The only thing that was needed as far as human interaction, you would need one person there to load and unload the trucks. That's it. Because that part hadn't been figured out how to make it cost effective on location at the time. So imagine where they are now with it. They can automate the entire process. It could have been automated many years ago, but it wasn't worth the money. So last point, unless you want to finish up on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll add something to that. Go and check out Boston Dynamics. Uh, look at the machines that they're producing. If you look a few years ago, uh, the agility those machines had and how far they've come now. Uh, they were a few years ago, or maybe maybe five years ago uh, or six. Uh, I'm I'm trying to account for COVID and everything, so I I might have my dates a little off. But they were struggling to keep balance. They got it to the point to where you could kick the robot and it wouldn't fall over. And now I haven't looked at it in probably a year, year and a half. But the last time I looked at it. They were like tightrope walking. They're like doing backflips and all kinds of stuff now. Like the agility has increased exponentially compared to where it was years ago. Uh, so a few of those machines could be loading and unloading uh, trucks in the near future. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Yes. I, and I believe I actually saw one do a backflip on a tightrope. <laughs> it's getting to that point. I don't know if it's that serious yet, but it's getting to that point. I remember I remember seeing the uh, uh, the backflips. But anyway. What's one thing we've seen a problem with in recent months? Cryptocurrencies, right? Markets collapse. And you know what? They're not saying it yet, but I'm just, I'm speculating right now because that's what the crypto market is full of right now. Speculators, right? I'm speculating. I'll bet that Binance, and I'm just calling this now, I'll bet that Binance is insolvent and they're just not saying it. You notice you haven't heard any talk about that contagion in the crypto markets. It kind of stopped with BlockFi. BlockFi was collapsing and it just disappeared from the headlines. Nobody seems to know what happened. I'll bet Binance is insolvent and they've been using customer money to cover their losses. That's my guess. And then when it comes out, no one's going to have any money. It will all have been stolen already. They're also going to focus on cryptocurrencies. They have a new paper out. I have to wait until Bruce is done texting. Uh, no, I'm not texting. I was looking at an email because uh, I've done some trading through Binance before. Oh, I see. Uh, seeing if anything in the emails was uh, off kilter, if you will. And um, it does not. Um, in fact, they were just talking about uh, it, it, at least from the emails, they look like they're doing fine, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, I hope so. But all that to say, just real quick, if you're if you're a crypto individual and you have cryptos, for the love of God, get it out of the exchanges. You need to get it in cold storage at, or at least, uh, you know, have a wallet on your PC. If you can't do like a physical one, it, at least get it off the markets, because uh, if you have it on the market, it you're just like banks, you're you're the last person to get the funds. 
So if they have to uh, bail themselves selves out, well, your your money goes first, and you're 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 not going to see it. Ask all the people that were customers of FTX what happened to their money. They have a paper out, and it's stated the following: We could now see the handover of crypto technology and blockchain infrastructure to more regulated and established institutions, i.e., central banks. That's what they're talking about is they're now going to take over that entire project. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the ones that concocted the whole nonsense in the first place. It would only make sense, judging by everything else that they do, problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, you react to it, and oh my God, they just happen to have a solution for you. Huh. Could it be that they've done the exact same thing here? I bet they put the crypto market together, just hazarding a guess here, based on everything else that these people do. They put the crypto market together to get you to invest into it. You, the up and coming generation, the ones that they couldn't teach to hate themselves, the ones that they couldn't indoctrinate, the ones that decided to step away from their system, their entertainment, their propaganda and their bullshit. They were just going to rob you blind instead. That's my guess. And they were hoping to get enough people to buy into it. But I don't think that they got as many people into it as they wanted. That would be my guess. Because if you look at what crypto did, as far as, you know, usage around the world, especially in the West, you had about a billion people on the planet that even knew what it was. And you had even less than that that knew how to use it. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense for a lot of people. But yet they needed something. They needed a beta test of some kind. You had the authoritarian countries, such as Russia, China and other Eastern European and, uh, and Southeast Asian countries and South American countries, you had them ban it with very few exceptions. And they banned it, but yet their government organizations and their intelligence communities were creating mining facilities for it. What does that tell you? China, I think, was one of the biggest Bitcoin miners and still is in the world, but yet it's banned for their people to have it. You see, it's just like these people to want all that stuff for themselves, but none for you, none for me. Just a case in point, do, do you remember the uh, the German government about a year ago? They said, we're going to have to crack down on those encrypted messaging services. We're going to have to crack down on Threema. We're going to have to crack down on Telegram and Signal. What apps do they use to communicate? Those exact ones. They just don't want you to do it. You, you're the terrorist. You're the guilty one. You need to be monitored. You need to be controlled. You're consuming too much. You see, you're not a stakeholder like they are. So what are they going to do with cryptocurrencies? Or more to the point, Central Bank Digital Currencies, CBDCs for short. They conclude in the paper. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, I want to I wanna make a quick prediction. I'm thinking they're going to have those this year. I think they will too. I, I think yeah. they're going to move fast on it. But yeah. I, I, I haven't quite figured out yet or haven't, I, I need to see more. Uh, I want to see more of what they're going to say about it at this, uh, at this meeting because this is going to be a big tell as to which way they're yeah. going to move on it. So I want to see what sure. they're going to say on it. But I'm not quite sure how they're going to work it in yet. But I can tell you right now, there's a large percentage of people here that are just not going to take it. They're, they're just not going to do mm -hmm. it. So I, I don't see I don't see how you're going to how you're going to make this. I mean, I like I said, you'll get maybe some high level cartel people here and there that'll adopt it and they'll distribute it to their people. But you're going to get every thug on every corner. You're going to get every banger out there that's got something to prove or a name to make for themselves. I don't think so. I don't think so. This is a war that these central bankers don't want. And once they have it, they're going to wish that they had some other place to run to because there will not be a reach that 
some of these organized crime and, and criminal underworld people will not go to. They will go to the ends of the earth to hunt you people down when you stifle their business opportunities. Do you understand? Now, if you're a central banker and you don't understand what I'm saying, then you're more stupid than I give you credit for. They conclude in this paper that cryptography and blockchains will continue to be integral parts of the modern economic toolkit, despite the great harm these tools may have caused when wielded by the wrong people. Oh, you see, they're the right people. They're the right people that are going to do it just right. Yeah, they're going to do it just right, all right. They're going to rob you blind of everything you've got. Now, they don't actually say in the paper who the wrong people are, i.e. them, of course, because they can't say who the wrong people are because they're the ones that actually more than likely created it. The paper does not set out just who the wrong people are, although just look at who they groom, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. Look at the young global leaders and look at what we're dealing with in our respective governments around the world. Ask yourself, who are the wrong people? So their meeting is going to kick off here in about a week. Bruce, you excited? Uh, yeah, as excited as I can get for the... Uh collapse of our civilization yeah <laughs> yeah what is it we say well it's, it's the apocalypse man we're gonna have fun yeah mm -hmm. we got to make the yeah. apocalypse fun that's what we got to do yeah we're gonna get yeah. these sorry bastards in one way or another we will get them by the letter of the law and by the court of public opinion we will have them it will happen that way you got anything else we can kick out of here a few minutes early no i, I just want to reiterate that uh you are the wrong people when it comes to this um uh, digital currency that they're trying to push or cryptos in general. Much like China doesn't want their people to mine for cryptos because um, that might uh, make them not dependent on the government and uh, uh, potentially a problem. Just like that, you're the wrong people. They don't want you to have a leg up. They don't want you. Why do you think the Democrats have all these welfare systems in place but then when you try to pull yourself up, you try to get out of that welfare system, that welfare state, what happens? Uh, they, they kick you back down. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, this is all part of the plan. Whether or not crypto, I'm, I'm not personally, uh, I, I don't take one side or the other on whether crypto was manufactured by the, the greater apparatus or if that was a genuine, you know, like free market thing. And now they're just trying to exploit it for their own gains. Either way, it doesn't matter because in the end, that's what they're doing. They're exploiting it for their own gains and keeping you out, keeping you from being able to have, uh, just have in general, because you'll own nothing and be happy about it. It's well said, my friend. Hopefully we will see you tomorrow. If not, you and I have a full schedule on Wednesday to discuss all of the, um, the rare events that are happening in the sports world in recent mm -hmm. weeks. Rare. And mm -hmm. just so happens that we've got a clip of the Saint Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh yeah, he's back. He is back. He is back in front of the mainstream camera and we will be hearing what he has to say later on this week. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast.protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been an absolute pleasure, Bruce. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.